0: Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bust Asian Beauties, a Supernatural Commentary Podcast, where I, someone who has seen this show several times,
1: and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, Discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. We
0: are both Asian. So for today's episode, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Bloody Mary, written by Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes-Burton, directed by Peter Ellis.
1: I'm not familiar with any of those names. Oh, uh, they were both the writers
0: for Season 1, Episode 2. Oh.
1: Well, I I have a grudge
0: against them now. (laughs) This and that are their only episodes of Supernatural, I think.
1: I guess they're probably heavier on the horror side. Because I think this is like one of the few Supernatural episodes that I felt somewhat scared by. And I know episode two had some decent jump scares. So that makes sense. I also was a bit scared, yeah, actually.
0: Because we are... Doing this podcast, right? Like the whole time I was watching, I
1: was like, how many times do I have to say Bloody Mary? Right. No, the whole time I was like, well, luckily my computer screen is like matte, so it doesn't count as a mirror. So when I'm talking about the podcast, as long as I don't look at my phone screen, which is reflective, I'll be okay. I I come from a very
0: superstitious country Mm. and family. So, like, this whole thing like really freaked me out because of the whole superstitious element. So now I'm like, should I, like how 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 long between each
1: bloody Mary are we allowed <laughs> to give? S- like how many bosses are hey, okay. we also, gonna do? Sam and Dean Sam and Dean solved it in two thousand and five, so we're safe. Yeah, so we're safe. <laughs> and it was it was
0: centralized in Indiana and Toledo, Ohio, so it's fine. Yeah, right, so we're good. I'm 8,000 miles away. Before we start, Crystal, uh, what were your expectations before going into this episode?
1: Okay, I knew it was a Sam-centric episode, so I was very excited about that. I assumed that it would be based off of, like, you know, the Bloody Mary figure in Urban Legend. She was kind of big when I was in middle school, I believe. I also knew that... For some reason she only attacked people with a terrible secret and that this is the episode that we were gonna learn that Sam sorta had these psychic visions that predicted Jess's death, and I also saw some glittery gift sets of Sam crying blood which I thought looked really neat, so I was looking forward to that. So we start in Toledo, Ohio,
0: as I've mentioned. We opened with a bunch of kids playing Truth or Dare in a sleepover. One of them dares the other to say Bloody Mary three times in the bathroom mirror, saying that if you do that, she appears and scratches your eyes out. And then one of them goes to the bathroom and does the Bloody Mary, and her two friends start knocking furiously at the door in an attempt to scare her. So, you know, it's just a bunch of kids goofing around. They all have a little laugh, et cetera, et cetera and then one of the dad, well, the dad of one of the girls, Mr. Shoemaker, asks them to tone down the noise.
1: Yeah, and he has bad vibes. He he has horrible vibes, rancid. <laughs> Let the kids have fun. While he walks
0: back to his room, he passes by a couple of mirrors. And we see, dun dun dun, a woman's figure looking at him. So he goes to the bathroom and notices that the veins under his eyes are popping out. So we cut back to the girls having a sleepover, right? And Lily is the girl that is Mr. Shoemaker's daughter. And her sister comes in, so also Mr. Shoemaker's daughter.
1: I have a question about her sister. Is that what hair looks like in 2005? Was that, like, what teenage girls were supposed to do with their hair? Because I was like, what decade are we in? I loved her look, though. I mean, it was very fun. But I was like, this feels vintage or something. No, I think it was, like, 2005. She
0: has the look of someone that I would look up to as someone cool back in the day. She's very Y2K, but, like, the opposite of Juicy Couture, you know? (laughs) I
1: only knew what half of
0: those words meant. (laughs) (laughs) She goes upstairs, and this sister, her name is Donna, which we find out much, much, much later, but her name is Donna, she finds a pool of blood outside the bathroom door she goes to inspect it and finds her dad dead and screams yeah and she screams there was there were a lot of classic horror screaming in this episode
1: right cuz i mean this is an episode with a lot of teenage girls as characters and i feel like all of the classic horror screaming is done by teenage girls what did you think of the teenage girls in this episode by the way I, I... I don't think they were very realistic. Yeah, but
0: they were stereotypical for the era, is what I would say.
1: Perhaps so. Perhaps so. I just, I recall being somewhat off-put by Charlie as soon as she showed up. I was like, is that how people talk? But, but, maybe, in <laughs> two thousand and five, it is
0: I thought they were fun, the teenagers, because they all have very different personalities. They were very well differentiated. Charlie was this very fearful you know believer, and Donna was a skeptic, and Jill was you know seventeen or cute, and you're such a freak, yeah, the way he spoke was very. Again, Y2K, as I like
1: to say. Yeah, they were all, they were all very much teenage girl archetypes, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I mean, we get to Jill's death later, but I feel like another, I think, horror movie thing is that... You know how in horror movies, what, it's like the, the quote-unquote slutty girl dies first. I feel like... <laughs> right, like, she talks about Sam and Dean being attractive. Then they, like, have her take off her pants... And then she dies in her underpants, which is so sad for her. But yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, no, they very much played it up with all the teenage girl horror tropes this episode. Also, the 12-year-old girls, okay, I don't know, okay, was I just a very sheltered teen? Because I was not talking about making out with boys at age 12. Like, that was way too early for me to do that. I literally, like...
0: (laughs) I have never talked about making out with boys with anyone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, like I yeah, I've not had that conversation a single time. At age 12, I was definitely too busy like screaming ew every time Maria and the captain kissed in Sound of Music to like have that kind of conversation. Yeah, I also was the kid who goes
0: EO at everything, even until now. And I'm not even a kid oh, anymore. No.
1: <laughs> currently, currently, if I see a kiss on screen, I start covering my eyes before remembering that I'm an adult. I know. I know, me too.
0: I, I don't think we're the specified what what's a like sensitivity reader for this episode
1: <laughs> right we are not we are not a good model of what 12-year-old girls were like now we're at a scene that is tinted blue and looks absolutely awful and <laughs> it's um yeah so basically we're seeing Jess's death again but with a terrible filter on it and then she's breathing a bit And then she's asking, why, Sam? Why, Sam? And then bursts into flame. And Sam, like, wakes up in a start. And it turns out that it's a nightmare. And he's been having these nightmares all the time. Speaking of just breathing, was she completely dead when she was pinned to the ceiling? Did she have this stab wound in
0: her stomach, like Mary?
1: She did have a stab wound in her stomach. Mm. So I'm assuming she was dead on the ceiling. Okay, yeah, so I guess Sam just added the breathing for a bit of guilt and horror. Sam just added the voiceover. (laughs) Oh yeah, Sam Sam also added the voiceover for the drama of it all. So yeah, Sam wakes up in the Impala and Dean is looking at him seeming concerned and says, sooner or later we're gonna have to talk about this. I was like, oh, it's so nice that apparently when they're younger, they're actually willing to talk about their feelings and be somewhat healthy. They lose that soon. I This entire episode, I was enamored
0: by Dean.
1: Yeah, me too. I was like, healthy communication and checking up on people and being normal? Wild. In a scene later, it actually started tearing up. Like, it was oh, that deep for me. Oh.
0: We'll get to it when we
1: get there, but I yeah. think I'm more enamored with Sam this episode. But Dean, Dean wasn't bad. So they are in Toledo, Ohio, and they are trying to figure out how Mister Shoemaker died. Yeah, they head up to the morgue where his body is held.
0: So they walk into the morgue, which is in a beautiful building, and Dean introduces introduces themselves as med students who are here to see the Shoemaker corpse. So the person they're talking to is stubborn and won't let them in to see the corpse. So Sam bribes the guy and it works. Did you recognize the bill, by the way? Like, I don't recognize American currency, so...
1: I wasn't paying too much attention, but I thought they were 20s. So he straight up handed this guy, like, yeah, 60 or 80 dollars. Which I think is too much for a bribe, honestly, but... I'm I, Wait,
0: I'm doing the conversion in my head right now. <laughs> so it's, like, around, like, 1,200 pesos, 1,500 pesos. And that's... I think that's fine. a
1: lot of... I think it's quite a lot of money, honestly, for a bribe. But do Morgtex make good money? Like, maybe if Morgtex make a lot of money then it's not that bad but it's a lot like i would probably if i was bribing someone i'd probably just slap down a 20 okay this is my correction by the way it's not
0: 1200 it's like 2 2500 which is a lot
1: that yeah, is a, it's lot. a lot it's like almost
0: 3000
1: i think it's very cute that sam's engaging in bribery after he judges dean in episode 1 for doing credit card fraud and then judges dean right after the bribery for winning money in poker like Sam get over it
0: (laughs) I mean he did earn the money like even if he earned it in a poker game come on Sam like he literally earned it so they see the shoemaker corpse and the eyes were liquefied and there were no signs of struggle etc cetera. and they get the police report by again bribing the guy some more which like you already gave so much money
1: Dude. I know. Now they are heading out from the hospital, and Sam considers that it might just be a medical thing, but Dean says that's not possible. Like, every time dad's inspected something like this, it's always been supernatural. They head to the funeral of the guy who just died in their leather jacket, flannel get up. <laughs> Despite the fact that they bought suits last episode and probably could change into them. So they go to the back to talk to the Shoemaker daughters, Donna and Lily. They claim to be co-workers with Mr. Shoemaker and asks Donna about any symptoms of stroke before her dad's death. Then Lily says that it's her fault and reveals the whole Bloody Mary story and says that it's her fault that he died. Uh, Dean says that, oh, well, it's not your fault, Lily, because your dad's not the one who said it. And then they head out inside the house to inspect. So they take a peek at the bathroom and they start
0: talking about the Bloody Mary legend. And Sam is the one doing the exposition.
1: Speaking of, was Bloody Mary a thing in your childhood? Uh, I
0: think it was, like, a thing, but it wasn't as pervasive. Like, I personally did not believe it because I guess just in my locality, there were other things to believe that were more believable.
1: Yeah, you know, like it—it
0: yeah. it felt very American. The fact that it's in English and everything, it's like Bloody Mary. Like, okay, but we have like noonusapunso, <laughs> we have Aswans, we have tikbalang. Like, you know, there are things that I was more likely to believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. but our fa- like, sense. like I
0: said, our family was very, is very superstitious and also <laughs> believes in the supernatural. So like, right, it still did. Affect me in like the fear way because I was like, Oh, remember the Bloody Mary?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the main urban legend figure in my childhood was this like girl from one of those chain mails, you know, like forward this to 10 people or like the ghost will kill you, named Carmen. And I remember like forming like. (laughs) I've never heard of this. I think this was very localized. And okay. like created by like one person on the internet, but I remember forming a little club at my weekly Chinese school where I claimed that Carmen was living in the sewers near where we had our recess, and every day we had to chant and feed some of our snacks to her to keep her appeased. <laughs> and I don't think I believed it. I think I just enjoyed having everyone else <laughs> throw
0: their snacks in the sewer. Our my my childhood um, belief. Uh, my childhood whatever was uh in my school like you know how like for some reason I don't know if this is like international or just in the Philippines but for some okay. reason there's this rumor that like literally in every school there's a rumor that your school was once a cemetery like I
1: don't I don't remember. like I thought it I was that's a thing
0: it was very local. I thought it was very local. I thought I was just in my school, and then like I went to high school to a different school, and we were and talking that was about also like, that urban legend. legends. And apparently, everyone was like, "Oh, our school was a
1: cemetery too." Like, <laughs> now that I think about it, I feel like there was a rumor at my high school that we were above like catacombs. So yeah, maybe just every school has something like that. Yeah, and then like the rumor
0: is that in the bathroom. We had um, a little girl who haunts it. And I do remember Mm. not wanting to go to the bathroom (gasps) because of that rumor. Yeah. That was our school thing. But like at home, we we, at home we had it. This is like common. Like we had the like ancestors thing. So like your ancestors Mm. visit you. So like it's just that kind of stuff, like normal stuff. I I say yeah. normal, but like you know what I mean, right?
1: Yeah, no, like, no, yeah, like it's chill stuff. stuff. Like they're not gonna kill you. Just have yeah. to leave out some fruit and incense or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you just have to throw salt when they're getting a little bit feisty, <laughs> shit mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> anyway, nice. um, yeah. Anyway, where are we? Oh, they were talking about the Bloody <laughs> Mary legend. Yes. Yeah, and
0: they're talking about the Bloody Mary legend, and while Sam says the name, Dean does this bit where he points the mirror at Sam. <laughs> while Sam is about to say Bloody Mary. <laughs> and then Sam like pointedly moves the mirror away from his face and starts referring to Bloody Mary as you-know-what, which I thought was so, so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, go Sam. Um, While they're talking, and while well, they're leaving the bathroom... Charlie, who is one of Donna's friends from the funeral, shows up and asks them what they're doing here and who they are. She reveals that Mr. Shoemaker lived by himself, so or sorry, worked by himself, so there's no way that they could have been co-workers, and threatens to start screaming unless they answer her questions. Then they tell her that they're looking into Mr. Shoemaker's death and they think that something unexplainable could have happened charlie asks who are you cops and dean says something like that what did you what did you think about that scene i was like i'm going to save that scene i feel like it's going to be useful in supernatural criticisms in the future yeah i think it's you know like they
0: are in a way monster
1: cops right yeah they're fantasy cops They decide who lives and who dies and what the rules of humanity and goodness are that allow you to be a monster that lives or a monster that gets shot by one of their many guns. But also, I feel like at this point in the show, there aren't really any morally gray creatures because, like, ghosts, it's like, well, they're already dead and they're killing people. I feel like later when we get to, like, vampires and werewolves and creatures that I feel like could very much coexist with humans as long as they had some kind of feeding mechanism put in place then i feel like that that's when it gets worse yes
0: i think at this point because they're just playing around with already typical lore like mm-hmm. we don't get much complexity because you know bloody mary is right. just a common lore and then they just do a little twist or that <laughs> it's local you know shit like that Later yeah. on, it gets a bit more fuzzy, but yeah. at this point, there's two things I noticed. At this point, was one, they they don't do morally gray characters yet, mm-hmm. and two, they have not done a single salt and burn. Yeah, which I thought was like interesting, especially this. Like we already discussed the first part, but like the salt and burn part is interesting to me because. Later on in the show, it's literally all that they do at some point. Like, they just salt and burn, at least as far as I can remember. Like, of course, there's always going to be a twist, but it's pretty much just salt and burn to the point that it's part of the brand of the show already. The fact that they don't start with salt and burns, you know, at the beginning of the show is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, like, I assumed in episode one that they were going to salt and burn the woman in white because... I knew that as the supernatural approach to ghosts. And yeah, they they haven't done a single one of those yet. Um, So then Sam and Dean give Charlie their number and says that she should call if anything weird happens. So they
0: end up in the library where they're talking about the lore, which is that, you know, Bloody Mary is a woman named Mary who died in front of a mirror. So at this point, literally, that could be anyone anywhere like so many people can fit the bill so they so they mentioned that they're gonna have a hard time researching and sam's like no not with the computers which they check and are broken so they are gonna have a hard time doing research
1: now we're to charlie and jill who is another one of donna's friends having a conversation on the phone jill says that sam and dean are cute and charlie is talking About Donna's dad's death, Jill starts making jokes about Bloody Mary, and then when Charlie gets scared, decides that it would be funny to go and say it three times into a mirror. And then first we hear Jill scream, but then it turns out she's just playing a prank on Charlie. She hangs up and then yeah, so she starts changing for bed. Fallout Boy and... starts playing. Wait, was that Fallout Boy? It
0: was Fallout Boy. I can't believe I didn't you don't recognize know Fallout...
1: the song. It was
0: uh, we're going down swinging. I don't know the actual title. I think it's sugar. I don't know. I don't know the actual title of the song, but it's a Fallout Boy song.
1: I don't think I just I don't think I've really listened to much Fallout Boy. But yeah, okay. So you were not a Fallout to... Boy fan. That is so
0: unlike my perception of you as a person (laughs) I wait what about me screams fallout boy I don't know you look like someone who would have been into like the emo you know
1: interesting no I was never really into the fallout boy or MCR or anything scene Mm -hmm. honestly like I feel like when I was younger I mostly listened to Taylor Swift which was which I regret greatly now. Now that is unlike you. <laughs> it is unlike me. But that, when she was in her, her fearless stage, you know, like not, not her current whatever. Uh,
0: to be fair, okay, okay, I'm just going to
1: clarify that Grey is a Taylor
0: Swift fan. So if any Taylor Swift fans feel alienated right now, I'm right behind you.
1: And it's I'm going to clarify that I am not a Taylor Swift fan, and I hope everyone feels alienated. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, actually, we, we cover... This is this is our representation. Representation of Swifties and non-Swifties. Um, yeah, so she's getting changed for bed. Sadly, she takes off her pants, and then we see Bloody Mary in the mirror... And then Jill sees her reflection, and it's not actually matching her. It's wearing a sinister expression and staying quite still, but it's still her. And then it's such a the good shot. Yeah, it's such a good shot. I was like, this I was is so such impressed. Clever way of doing this.
0: I've seen screenshots of this scene, and I was like, every single time, I'm like, that's from Supernatural. It looks I know, so cool. I was like, this
1: is this is high quality stuff. Also, I'm impressed with the filming crew for this episode because I know that filming mirror scenes is difficult because you have to make sure you don't get the camera and the film crew in the mirror so I think you have to splice together a lot of different parts good for them for for all their hard work this episode so Jill's creepy reflections eyes start bleeding and accuses Jill of killing a boy and then she Sorta of chokes to death while blood drips out of her eyes.
0: Okay, so we go back to Sam having the exact same nightmares earlier, just a bit faster.
1: I I really want to know the the reasoning behind the blue. Yeah. Why?
0: <laughs> the blue thing. Okay, let's let's
1: analyze it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how well, to start. Well, you see, the curtains are blue because Sam is sad. <laughs> <laughs> about Jess's death <laughs> is it, I don't blue flame is hotter than yellow and orange flame even though it seems cool so it's it's about it's about unexpected reveals <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know it
0: just looks so bad it does look quite bad but it is good differentiation of like this is a nightmare and. This is not a nightmare, you know?
1: But also, I feel like at the beginning, the point was that you don't know it's a night... You're not supposed to really know that it's a nightmare until Sam wakes up. So in that case, I feel like it would make sense to use the original filter. Mm,
0: No, but, like, we know it's gonna be a nightmare because Sam has had nightmares before.
1: That's true.
0: I, I don't... I'm not defending the choice. Like, I think it does look bad, but, like... If you want good shots of Jess dying in the ceiling, you already have it in the first episode. So it's fine. (laughs) AMV makers, you're fine. You know? Very true. (laughs) So he wakes up in a motel room and berates Dean on why Dean let him fall asleep while doing research. And Dean's like, because I'm a good brother. And Dean asks him what he's dreaming about. Sam deflects again, like he did earlier. And Dean does lore stuff reveal, which is the only reveal that he does is that they haven't found anything at all relevant to the case. And then Sam receives a
1: call. It's Charlie. It's Charlie. So they go to the park to talk to Charlie and she tells them about Jill's death and how it matches Mr. Shoemaker's and also how she said Bloody Mary three times before said death charlie says it couldn't be because of that i'm insane right dean says no you're not insane and charlie says oh god that makes me feel so much worse and at this point i was like i like charlie i like charlie a lot um so sam and dean enlist her help to break into jill's room so they can inspect it and she lets them in through the window they're looking around for something they have the night vision on on their camera so sam's in jill's bathroom and sees that there seems to be trickles of blood running from behind the mirror he removes the mirror from the wall and then peels off the back of it and sees on there that there's a handprint and the words gary bryman written on it and then they find out that that's an eight-year-old boy who got run over by a car which was in fact jill's car but yes she it was a hit and run so she left and then they go to donna's house and look at the back of the mirror there and it's the name linda shoemaker in the handprint who they find out when they talk to donna was her mother and also then donna's like quite mad at them for asking for being there and she yells them to yells at them to get out of the house
0: okay the implication here is that like mr shoemaker killed his wife you know because like uh donna's mom linda died through an overdose of sleeping pills as donna said but like the implication is the father is responsible somehow but they twist this a little bit later that like He's not necessarily, he could be not necessarily responsible. He could just be guilty. Like, he feels guilty, not necessarily because he was actually at fault. Just like Charlie later on.
1: Yeah, like, maybe, like, their mother was just, like, very depressed and he kept that a secret or exacerbated it somehow. And then she committed suicide or something. Yeah, we don't know. And it's
0: never revealed. And I actually do like that. That it's never revealed, like it keeps a little bit of a mystery in the episode. Anyway, Dean does a nationwide search now for a Mary while discussing the lore with Sam. The lore being what we just said earlier. They find a Mary Worthington in Indiana who died in front of a mirror. So they go visit the cop who investigated the case and we get exposition.
1: For some reason, he's totally fine with these randos coming into his house and asking him about this cold case. How did they, they get in? They said were
0: reporters.
1: Reporters, yeah. But like, oh god, like you bought suits. Please just wear them sometimes. So Mary
0: was 19, a pageant girl, wanted to be an actress, and was killed alone in her apartment by a person who cut her eyes out. We get more exposition from the police officer. And that he thinks is the local surgeon, who she may be having an affair with, Trevor Sampson. And uh, this doesn't really matter in the plot, but it's. I thought it was a nice touch. Did did do you think it was nice, or did you think it was like, oh, what's the what's the point?
1: I thought it was. I thought it was a nice touch. I I enjoyed the backstory. I thought that it was a good. It made her a lot more sympathetic. And we understand her motivations and how those could have gotten twisted while she was dead of wanting to kill anyone who had a secret about a death. I thought it was like,
0: I'm a fan of uh, mystery stuff. Like, Mm. I was a Nancy Drew kid, I was an Ace Attorney kid, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) So I I was really into this. I was like, ooh, a mystery. Anyway, we get what we're actually there for. Which is the information that Mary was not buried, she was cremated, and their mirror was returned to the family. So they can't do a salt and burn because the bones were cremated, and they figured out that maybe it's the
1: mirror that she's attached to.
0: So now we're
1: at school where Donna and Charlie are talking. Donna's still very angry that Charlie let Sam and Dean into her house, and is also talking about the Bloody Mary thing. Charlie tells her not to say it, and Donna's like, you're crazy, I'm gonna say it three times in the mirror. And then she does. Charlie says, why would you do that? And Donna says, oh my god, there really is something wrong with you. Very, very mean teenage girl moment. We see Charlie walking through the school, and Bloody Mary is in the reflective windows. Then she's in class. And she sees Bloody Mary in her little makeup mirror.
0: Which? Why would you bring out a compact mirror like at this point, <laughs> when you know what's happening? Right? She's. I she's guess she shaken. just wanted to check. She wanted to check her eyeshadow. You know. <laughs> no, but she
1: wanted to. She wanted to check if if it worked this time.
0: Uh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so.
1: Um. So yeah, she checks. And she's in the mirror. She's freaking out, screaming. She picks up a stool and smashes the window of the classroom, which I thought was, was very good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> and then her teacher's trying to get her to calm down, and she sees Bloody Mary in the reflection of his glasses. So she runs home. Still still yelling quite a bit. So we go to
0: Sam and Dean, and Sam is calling Mary's brother for the mirror, who reveals that he sold the mirror to a store in Toledo. So yeah, that's Just the one connection. week ago. The green screen in this scene is so bad, by the way. Oh my
1: god, I know. I could see the edges of Sam's face. Like, there was an outline. There was line art. On Dean's side, it's fine. But on yeah. Sam's face, it looks so bad.
0: Anyway, they receive a call from Charlie, which, you know, we already know that she's freaking out. So they go to Charlie's house, cover up every mirror in it, and Sam uses his ASMR voice (laughs) to reassure Charlie that Mary won't come after her as long as she doesn't look into a mirror. The way Sam speaks in this scene, was I thought was so funny. He's like, Mary is fine. Like... What what are you doing, Sam? Like, why are you whispering, bro?
1: I mean, honestly, I thought it was kind of sweet. Like, I he was trying to be comforting. Like, oh, this is very cringe, but honestly, I was kind of twirling my hair and giggling. Like, I thought that he <laughs> did a good job doing the soothing voice. But I, I hated it, each it because their he own. was like, d- literally,
0: he was doing ASMR. <laughs> and I was like, dude, just speak up. Use your mouth, bro.
1: He didn't want to startle her. Ugh, fine. He was he was trying to keep her, her heart rate like down, <laughs> and her breathing slow. He was he was trying to have a good bedside manner. Good for him.
0: So Dean interrogates Charlie about what happened in her life to warrant guilt over someone's death. So apparently Charlie had a boyfriend who threatened and pushed through With suicide after she broke up with him. So that's Charlie's backstory.
1: Yeah. I remember writing down this is so depressing and sad. I know. It's very sad, isn't
0: it? Sorry if this episode isn't funny. (laughs) This episode is very sad.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to be funny about this episode, because like I feel so bad for Charlie. So she's crying and then they leave. Um and they discuss how Charlie's boyfriend's death isn't directly her fault the way that the boy's death was Jill's fault in the hit and run. So they decide that the ghost probably just operates by some pretty broad rules of if you have a secret about someone's death, then you die. Sam decides that the best way to get rid of Mary is to first summon her to her original mirror before smashing it. And Dean's like, okay, sure, but who's going to summon her? And Sam says, I will. She'll come after me. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, no, he's got the, he's got the whole locked jaw, unblinking, yeah. emotional thing going on. And Dean, yeah, no, is a good brother. And goes, okay, that's it. And pulls the car over to have like a bit of a, give Sam a bit of a pep talk. And says this wasn't your fault. You have to like get better. This is going to kill you. He says if you want to blame something, then blame the thing that killed her. Or hell, oh, why don't you take a swing at me? I mean, I'm the one that dragged you away from her in the first place. Which is oh, Dean. This is the part where I started tearing up. I was like, oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a brother moment, guys. I was like i was i was steering up
1: god i love a brother moment also yeah no dean really just wants people to beat him up all the time (laughs) like he (laughs) really does and sam says that he blames himself because he could have warned jess about her death dean's like that doesn't make sense you didn't know what was gonna happen and this isn't a secret so this isn't going to work and sam says i haven't told you everything but he says he won't tell dean the rest because it wouldn't really be a secret if i told you would it dean does not want to go through with the plan but eventually sam convinces him by saying that charlie and a bunch of people are going to die unless dean lets him do this
0: as you said earlier the acting in the scene was very good like mm. Sam's face, man, I've made that yeah. face, you know, like when my yeah. mom is verbally trying to get something out of me and I'm refusing to say anything, like the locked jaw, the everything, it was so good. And I was like, oh, look at him, look at him. So they reach the mirror shop and starts looking for the mirror. Sam finds it and thus, you know, calls out Bloody Mary three times. Ooh, and. Dean had to go out because cops showed up because he tripped the alarm. And I'm just going to combine these scenes together, but they're actually separated in the actual storyline. So the cops showed up and he says, Oh, I'm the boss's kid. And the cops go, Oh, you're Mr. Yamashiro's kid? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we get then... our
1: first Asian character, everyone. <laughs> yes. Represent- Hello, Eastern. Mr. Yamashiro. Oh, hi, hi Mr. Sir. Yamashiro. Do you want a guest star on our podcast? (laughs) Exactly. For being the first Asian character in Supernatural. I know you didn't show up on screen, but you're really important to me in my heart. So he insists he is adopted and gets (sighs) gets tired of
0: this bit and just kicks the shit out of the cops. Anyway, back inside, Sam is still standing in front of the mirror and Bloody Mary starts showing up on the different mirrors in the store. Which he, you know, um, smashes every one of them. His reflection starts moving. And then he starts choking and tearing up blood. So Mirror Sam reveals that Sam had nightmares for days of just dying. And the mirror, Sam says, like, you're so desperate to be normal, to believe they were just dreams. How can you ignore them like that? How can you leave her out to die? You dreamt it would happen. So this is our reveal that, like, Sam had premonitions,
1: right? Yep. Dean shows up and smashes the mirror. Yeah, in a
0: very cool shot. Like, it's sideways, and he smashes it, oh, and it looks yeah. very good.
1: Yeah, the shards are are very nice, the way they reflect the low light.
0: Dean goes up to Sam and holds Sam's face. He calls him Sammy, and Sam says, It's Sam. It's Sam. Which I thought was so so cute. So Dean starts to carry him out, but Mary comes back and both Sam and Dean collapse to the yeah. ground, which well, I hate crawls, this.
1: Yeah, she crawls out of the mirror in some kind of like stop motion effect looking thing. <laughs> I think
0: Sadako. It's Sadako, right? <laughs>
1: you know who Sadako it's is?
0: What? You know Sadako? No. She's she's very famous in the Philippines. She's a Japanese character who crawls out of t- television sets. Oh, So like she crawls out of the TV and she attacks you or eats you or whatever. And oh, like, <laughs> she literally Bloody Mary looked like Sadako in this. I don't know in this, <laughs> in this scene, and I was like, "Slay."
1: Do you? What? How? How old is Sadako? Like, do you think that Sadako originated as like a you kids spend too much time watching the TV? I
0: think Sadako was like early two thousands actually. Anyway, I hate this part. Because Dean also collapses, and I was like, "This yeah. is Sam's episode. How dare you collapse?"
1: Where's Dean's <laughs> dumb little secret about a death, huh? Yeah, huh? and like later on, like Sam was like, Dean
0: was like, "Oh, you have to tell me your secret." And Sam should have been like, "You tell me your secret." Yeah, you told me your secret. So Dean points the mirror at Mary, and it awakes something in Mary, and her guilt for killing everyone that she has killed overcomes her. And she dies. So Dean yeah. smashes that mirror again and cracks a joke about six hundred years of bad luck. Which
1: I mean it kind of not that, that inaccurate. kinda does happen. I mean, well, I think if we add up their times in hell, it still doesn't amount to six hundred years, but maybe they have a really bad time in heaven as well.
0: <laughs> we are um heaven is actually chuck's doing and game thing.
1: yeah no the good place is the sequel to supernatural they just changed the (laughs) names and the actors so now we're to sam and dean driving charlie back to her house i'm assuming did that like scare you for a second because i didn't notice charlie at first i didn't notice charlie at first then i was like oh my god the woman in (laughs) white is back
0: I know exactly what you mean. And I was also like, oh my god. And
1: then I realized it was Charlie. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's just just our good friend, Charlie. Charlie Charlie's being driven home. And she heads out. When she steps outside, Sam says, Charlie, your boyfriend's death. You really should try to forgive yourself. No matter what you did, you probably couldn't have stopped it. Sometimes bad things just happen. And Charlie smiles and goes away. very nice of Sam because the whole time when she was revealing her backstory to them I was like yelling somebody tell her that it's not her fault oh my god but they just didn't say anything and she kept crying but at least they finally got to this part i was also waiting for
0: someone to say it's not your fault and the whole time uh, and like when they were in the car when they were in the car and they were like it's not her fault and right. i was like why i wrote you fuck down I in her? all
1: house why didn't you say that to her face <laughs> dean tells sam that's good advice because you know he's supposed to get over the Jess thing but we'll we'll find out later that this is not a sometimes bad things just happen situation this is a years long long con situation (laughs) Dean asks Sam to tell him what the secret is and Sam says look you're my brother and I'd die for you but there are some things I need to keep to myself which I feel like there's a lot to unpack there do you want to like what did you think of that line
0: first off I remember this scene as Sam saying, First I you're my brother and I love you. So Aww. when he didn't say I love you, I was like disappointed. <laughs> I was like, we I love you, bro. But like Aww. I get that, like they're not the I love you type. So it's fine. I die yeah. for you.
1: Right. My first my th- first thought due to due to only caring about Cass and Cass is the only oh, thing yes. in my entire life. That's world. my second thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Right. And the man who would be king when Sam says about Cass also, like, he's my friend and I'd die for him, but, like, we should still be cautious that, like, he might be working with Crowley. I was like, all oh, this is, like, a Sam thing. He, like, says that he'd die for people instead of saying that he loves them. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we both had the exact same thought due to caring only about one character in Supernatural. Okay, why do you th- why do you think that Sam said there are some things I need to keep to myself. I actually didn't think about it. I just thought, like, of course you have some things to keep to yourself, right?
0: I think there's there's the thinking that, like, Dean m- might think of him as... As other. a monster. Yes. Right.
1: I was thinking that too. Because I feel like at, at this point in the show, they don't get deep enough into monsterhood and hunting for us to come to that conclusion but knowing what I know about the rest of the show is like, yeah, I feel like Sam is afraid that Dean is going to start seeing him as less than human because he has psychic abilities. Yeah, is going to either dis- distance himself or try to train it out of Sam or study Sam or something. I don't know if that was the writer's intention here yet, maybe so, but yeah, no, I guess it's it's interesting to think about in the context of future Happenings. so
0: so they're in the car right when this conversation was happening and then we get mm-hmm. the iconic iconic yeah. scene so good. where sam looks out the side of the window sees jess on the side of the road wearing what the, the outfit she died in the, the nightgown and as the car passes by we see jess at the side of the road What a sleigh. What a beautiful scene. What a sleigh. The music, the slow-mo, everything. It was so good. And then the episode ends. So, what did you think of this
1: episode? I thought it was like very good for a supernatural episode. I was was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I thought the horror was done well and I think Sam's acting and the backstory of all of the characters was done well. Yeah, twirling my hair and giggling at every time Sam's on the screen. Just just good stuff.
0: Yeah, I also thought it was a good episode. Not I'm not just
1: saying that because it's Sam
0: centric, like I know we've been an asshole <laughs> yeah, to Dean I know but we've been like...
1: rather. But we were nice to Dean this episode. Don't say I never did anything for you, Dean girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's a good episode because of the the horror elements are good like it freaked me out a little bit that's something yeah no I was genuinely on edge yeah and it it wasn't like they were repeating stuff like in last episode I thought like every scene was organic but still fresh you know that doesn't make any sense but whatever
1: (laughs) also like this is such a low bar I think but I think because this is supernatural I was expecting a lot more misogyny with the character of Mary because I heard that for example she won a lot of beauty pageants and I was like this is where they reveal that he cut out her eyes because she was very vain about them and thought that they were like beautiful on her but like no they don't that's not why they don't really say anything about it so I was like oh thank god and then when Dean turns the mirror on her I was so scared that the writers were gonna do a misogyny moment or like She's horrified at like how she looks now and like that's what defeats her but luckily no it was just the it was just the guilt over killing people. I was like, "Oh, thank God. They were normal about women. <laughs> they weren't normal about Jill, but they were normal about Mary."
0: Yeah, the Jill part was like the only part that was like a bit uncomfortable to look at. Okay, so best line, worst line. What's your best line?
1: I liked basically everything that Mirror Sam said to Sam. Um, You know, the whole, you killed her, you wanted so bad to be normal, how could you ignore that? So yeah, just like all of it I thought was very good, I thought it was a good reveal of Sam's guilt and also his mindset while he was at Stanford. What was your best line?
0: I would say maybe my best line is Mister, Mr. Yamashiro. <laughs> I genuinely love that line. Because, like, you took the serious route, so I'm gonna take the comedy route. And I thought that bit was actually really funny. Like, I laughed out loud. That was pretty funny. The worst line of the episode. What's your worst line?
1: Oh, I think my worst line is when Jill says that Sam and Dane are cute. Oh my god, I was gonna say exactly that. Just because of the way it plays into the horror tropes of, like, the slutty teenage girl dying first. Also, like... I would rather Sam
0: and Dean not be attractive in the narrative, you know what I mean? That (laughs) too,
1: that too. I despise when shows keep bringing up how attractive their characters are. Because, like, I feel like there's a line,
0: right? There's a line between what's actually happening in the universe and, like, what
1: we're seeing. Like, everyone's going to be more attractive on TV on average because... That's what the acting industry is like. So, uh, okay, I'm gonna look it up, but what is your guess on the IMDb rating? Well, listen, yeah, like, I, I was quite impressed by this episode, so I don't, like, but I feel like in the past we've always rated things below the pilot just because the pilot seems to be highly rated, but I feel like this is, I liked this more than the pilot, but I don't know yeah, if the too. general audience liked it more than the pilot, so I think I'm just gonna say, like, A pilot rating 8.7. I would go
0: 8.5 just because, well, just because. Let's see.
1: It's an 8.4. I was almost there. Oh, wow. You were really close. Oh, people liked it that much less than, wait, okay. What did, what did Phantom Traveler get again? Phantom Traveler got an 8.2. Okay. Phantom Traveler got an 8.2. Okay. So is Bloody Mary the second? Highest The second highest so far. Which
0: pans out. That makes sense. I think it was better than the pilot, but oh well. So, that's it for this episode of Busty Asian Beauties. Next time, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 6. Skin! Oh my god, you guys have been waiting for this, probably. I know you Dean girls have been waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) Leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com You
0: can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com This is the first episode we're recording where we're actually out as a podcast so I just also would like to thank everyone who has listened to the first few episodes I'm super grateful thank you so much
1: yes and also I think according to our release schedule this is going to be the first one released in the new lunar new year so happy year of the tiger guys happy year of the tiger okay
0: that's all see you guys next time bye bye